tonight and to those joining with us on our podcast service, welcome to the house of God here at Christian Outreach Centre here in Charters Tales. You're all very welcome and, and you're all very, very much part of our family here. And, uh, but put on your seatbelts and buckle up, amen? Put on your seatbelts and uh, none of us here tonight are spectators or, un- or onlookers, uh, but we're all, in fact, as the body of Christ, we're all participants and we're receiving what God has for us. Amen? Often church can be a bit of a spectator thing. We sit back and we sort of think, oh, well, now entertain me. That's not what it's about, is it? And uh, there's a great verse in the book of Hebrews, which, by the way, it means more than I make the coffee, amen? And, uh, but in Hebrews 4.2, 4, it says, But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Isn't that interesting? So the end, uh, I like what this says in the NIV version, it says, Hebrews 4.2, but the message which they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. And so I don't always like to use the word faith, because we just think that's a word that's out there and it's a bit mystical, but faith and believing is the same word. It comes from the derivative of the Greek called pistis, but it's the same word. Believing is the action word of faith. And so believing is your part in this. And so... Everybody, the Bible tells us that everybody has been dealt a measure of faith. It's in you. When you receive Christ, a measure of faith is in you. I mean, it's in every one of us. And so turn that faith switch on and believe and receive, which is the way you uh, accepted salvation. You believed and you received. Amen? And you can do that tonight. So, but I'd love if you will turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians and chapter 1. And the title of my message tonight is... Prominence or preeminence and the magnificence of Christ. Amen? What a, what a grand ti- uh, title. Prominence or preeminence and the magnificence of Christ. We've been talking tonight about Jesus. But who this person Jesus is, but just to try and uh, bring some sort of parameters in this, I'm only basically using tonight Colossians chapter 1, just to talk, touch on the subject about the magnificence of Christ and whether he's prominent in your life or whether he is, in fact, preeminent in, the, in your life. And when the Bible says if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. That's true, isn't it? And so that's what, that's what it means having Jesus as Lord of your life. And so it is commonly accepted that Paul's letter to the Colossians church, who wrote the book of Colossians, was written around about 61 AD. So it's about, about 30 years, say, after the crucifixion. Uh, along with Philemon and the letter to the Ephesians. And he wrote it while being domiciled or accommodated in the prison in Rome. And uh, often, often Paul went around the Roman Empire getting free accommodation in prisons around the empire. And he made a bit of a habit of it. And uh, it seemed that Paul was able to turn his free accommodation stints in prison around the Roman Empire to something profitable and uh, for the master's business. And so it tells me, wherever you are in life, you can be a profitable profitable servant of the Lord. And Paul did some of his best work while in the Roman prisons, amen? And so if he he can do his best work while in a prison, where are you today? You think, "I'm I'm in less than perfect circumstances. And Paul would agree with you. He would have said, these are less than perfect circumstances, but the Lord gave him a bit of time out and begin to pen these letters, probably which he's been meaning to read or write for some time. Amen? And so in Colossians 1, I'm just going to read a couple of verses to kick off with. 
And it says, he has delivered us, that's God, from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son, that's Jesus, of his love. It says, in whom we have redemption, that's Jesus, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is, once again, that's Jesus, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, also mentioned in, in Ephesians chapter 6, all things were created through him and for him. And he is above all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who was the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. There's that P word, the preeminence. That being first and foremost. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, through the blood of the cross. What an introduction to the things in Christ. And so when you're talking about the magnificence of Christ, this is just the first couple of verses in one chapter of the whole of the book, talking about Jesus. And so uh, it's, uh, when we read that, Paul introduces himself in uh, verse 1. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. And so... Um, we see that uh, uh, immediately Paul's focus is removed from himself to Jesus Christ, which is the absolute focus of this whole letter uh, to the Colossian church. And it should be the focus of you and I here today. This church, its whole focus is about Jesus Christ. It's not about our ministry. It's not, this is not my church. This is his church. And as soon as we take the focus off Jesus, you see that it ceases to become Jesus' church, but becomes our church, which is no church at all. Isn't that amazing? And so if, if Paul was a modern apostle, he would have said to the Colossian church from the apostle Paul. And, uh, and he says, if you like this letter, uh, tick the subscribe button and, uh, and do all this sort of stuff. And, and uh, tick it if you like this comments and everything like that. And... Uh, and if you want to uh, subscribe to this ministry, support it financially, the details are as follows, and, uh, and Paul would sign off. And there'd be no mention of Jesus, and that's common, isn't it? And when we grab all these uh, beautiful Christian books and we see on the face of it, you rarely see a cross anymore, but you see a face of a celebrity. And that's quite, that's true, isn't it? But here it is, Paul says, Paul, an apostle. And Paul, would you would have to say, would be one of the most preeminent apostles of all the apostles, and, but he didn't, he said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He didn't have Apostle Paul ministries. There was no such thing as Apostle Paul ministries. And by the will of God, he says. He didn't even say it was my will. I decided to become an apostle. No, he says, by the will of God. He was called by God himself. And so, in fact, when you boil it down, Jesus is Lord is the main theme of the whole of the book of Colossians. When you boil it down, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, really Jesus as Lord is preeminent first and foremost in all of those letters, but I've basically just chosen one chapter in this first uh, book of Colossians here. So in fact, in the space of the first 20 verses of this letter, and I'd ask that you, when you go home, that you read the first chapter at least, when you go home, before you hit the sack, and uh, just read the first chapter and see how preeminent Jesus is in this first chapter. 
In fact, Jesus' ministry, Jesus Christ, is, uh, is the absolute focus. Uh, mentioned 25 times in 20 verses. In verse 1, we see Jesus Christ by the will of God. In verse 2, we see faithful brethren in Christ. In verse 3, we see give thanks to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 4, heard, we heard of your faith. Faith in who? Faith in Christ Jesus. We're talking about Jesus tonight and the preeminence of Jesus and sometimes how, for, how far we fall short of having Jesus as first and foremost in our church and in your life. In other words, are you a fan or a follower of Jesus Christ? A lot of people are fans of Jesus. They like Jesus. They like church and everything like that. But it's a part of their life, but it's not their life. Amen? It's not a life that, is, that has made Jesus Lord of all. And so we see in verse 7, uh, uh, we see faithful minister of Christ. That's Paul. In verse 9, we see he was filled with the knowledge of whose will? Jesus' will. His will. And so each of these could be a sermon on their own. Each of these could be a massive message on their own. In verse 10, it says, walk worthy of the Lord. In verse 10, it says again, fully pleasing to him. Not to me, not to a ministry team, not to a church, but fully pleasing to Jesus. Uh, and in verse 11, it says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. So there's another message talking about the glorious power of Jesus Christ invested in your life when you receive him as Lord of Lords. Amen. Every one of these verses here, or even parts of the verse, is an absolute message in itself. And each of these verses could transform your life if you let it, if you let it be so. And it says, in, and strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Verse 13, and we are conveyed, and he conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Who's the Son? It's Jesus, again. In verse 14, in whom we have redemption. Who do we have redemption in? We have redemption in Jesus Christ. There's another message on itself. Why, do we, why should we have Jesus prominent or preeminent? Not just prominent, but absolute preeminent in your life. Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Whose blood? Jesus' blood. No longer. You see, it was Jesus' blood that ushered in into a, an eternal covenant that never needs to be renewed. All the old covenants have been done away with, with the eternal sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, just have a look at Jesus. Have a look at his ministry. Have a look at his character. Have a look at his attributes. Have a look how the power of the Holy Ghost flowed through his life. Verse 16, for by him all things were created. And so you see, in the beginning, God, in the, in the Hebrew, it says Elohim, in the beginning, Elohim. Bereshit bara Elohim et hashemayim va'et haaretz. In the Hebrew, that says Elohim, which is a plural name for God, meaning that all three persons of the Godhead were involved in creation. But Jesus being preeminent, amen? Oh, it's a good, it's a good message. It's a good message. You made Jesus not just prominent in your life, but preeminent in your life. Amen? He's not just a part of the pie of your life, but he is the pie from which everything else radiates. And there's a great difference. If you want to live a victorious Christian life, you'll put Jesus first every time. Every single time. 
every single time. And he says, and he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. That's the houses, that's the food, that's the clothing, that's the roof over your head, that's the education, that's the bills and all these things. And he says, all these things will fall, fall into line and the healing all comes into line when you place Jesus first. And there's always a but. Because we've always got a good reason not to place Jesus first. The markets are on. Goodness gracious, who can miss the markets? I've got to go to the markets. I'll just get there late. I'll just go there some other time. I've got to work. I've got to do that overtime shift. I've got the bills coming in. But all these things, just the devil throws them all at you. Throws them all at you. Every time I put my name down to do something for God, I was always offered overtime. Always. It was a $750 shift, and I remember doing work here years and years and years ago. I did nine days here in three separate occasions, and th- nine times I was offered, to, offered an overtime shift, each of them 750 bucks. And it's just the devil saying, oh, don't you put Jesus first. But when you make him pre- not just, uh, not just uh, prominent, because a lot of people have got a great value for Jesus, they love him and this and that, and but they, he's prominent in their life, but he's not pre- first and foremost in their life. And so uh, in verse 15, here's the image of the invisible God. By all things, all were created. Verse 16, all things were created through him. And understand that? All creation is made through Jesus, and as not only was made through him, but it was made for him, it says in verse 16. See, every one of these is a message in itself. And here it is in just in 20 verses of one chapter of the Bible. In him all things consisted, says in verse 17. Verse 18, he is the head of the body. What body is that? The body is the church. Amen. Amen? The church is the ecclesia in the Greek, meaning the called out ones. And we are the body of Christ, but who is the head? Jesus is the head of the body. It's a good message. That in all things, in verse 18, he may have preeminence. In verse 19, in him all the fullness of God, that's what it's saying, all the fullness of God dwells in this person of Jesus Christ. All the fullness of God. There's nothing that, uh, that, uh, that is an attribute of God that is not in the person of Jesus Christ. People say, oh, I wonder what God's like. I wonder this and I wonder that. Just look at the Bible. Just begin to read. He lived and breathed on this planet. Oh, and the Holy Ghost, he will show you all things. He will show you all things. That is a promise. Verse 20, by him to reconcile all things to himself. And we see that in Ephesians, I think, 2.14. The dividing wall is separated through the person of Jesus Christ. The veil is rent, the veil is removed, that we have access to the Father through, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Verse 20 again, for by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And we see that in another scripture there, it says Jesus had, when I spoke about in the name last week, if you haven't heard that message, download it and have a listen to last Wednesday night's message. And I spoke about in the name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. This also is in the person of Jesus Christ. Verse 20. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. There it is there. It was the blood that was shed. Whose cross is it? It was his cross. So there we have 25 references to Jesus in the first 20 verses of this amazing action-packed letter to the Colossian church. It's a letter that punches far above its weight. Only a couple of chapters, four chapters. 
but is just filled with the dunamis dynamite power of God if you apply it and make Jesus not just prominent, which sounds like a prestigious word, something that's prominent, but preeminent, pristine, first and above. Can you see the problem when Christ is demoted in any way, when so much is made of him in a, in a, and is substantiated in the word of God? This is just one part of one chapter of who the person is of Jesus Christ. When people say, oh yes, Jesus, oh, he's just a good bloke. Oh no, he's not. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, far above all those things. Amen? And he gave him to be head over all things to the church. So Jesus is the head of the church, but he gave that delegated authority to you and I. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It ties in with last week's message of in the name. John 4, 3 says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And there are many people out there who said Jesus was just a good teacher. Jesus was just this and Jesus was just that. But who is Jesus to you today? And the John goes on to say, This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world. And so there have been many antichrists throughout the ages, and the spirit of antichrist has always been, amen? Always. But there will come one in not a too distant future, and he will be the antichrist, amen? But we have seen many antichrists, and many antichrist people can live even at the same time. But raging against all sound doctrine is the antichrist spirit that seeks to dethrone or demote Jesus from the kingship and lordship of his eternal throne. King of kings and lord of lords. Or can you declare it today? Jesus is king of kings. Come on, let's declare it today. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. It is one of the most powerful declarations that you can make in your life. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus is just not around me. Jesus is just not into me. But he is joined with me. A joint heir with Jesus Christ is our official status as a believer. Amen? It is an amazing position that you and I have been given. So proteo is the Greek word. It means to be first, to be preeminent, is used of Christ in relation to the church. And uh, in Acts 4, uh, 11 and 12, he says, And Peter is saying... Uh, this is the stone that which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And Jesus here declares Peter, he's just not another brick in the wall. Who knew that old song by Pink Floyd in a past generation in my BC days? No, oh, he's just another brick in the wall. Amen? None of you here would know it. I know you were all fasting and praying at the time. <laughs> Jesus is just not a brick in the wall. He is the chief cornerstone, not just a cornerstone. He is the chief cornerstone from which every other parameter and data point of the church is built. Amen? He is the chief cornerstone. He is the datum point. He is the plumb line which hangs from heaven. Between heaven and the earth is the mediator and advocate calls the person of Jesus Christ. It's a good message. He goes on to say in Acts 4.12, Nor is there salvation in any other name. Is not Bohemian, Muhammad, or anybody else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation, life, body, soul, and spirit. 
Jesus is the package deal that meets all your needs, body, soul, and spirit. Amen? Your spiritual man gets reborn. Your body needs healing. Jesus came that you would be healed by his stripes, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you were, that's past tense, were healed. You can claim that healing for you today. Oh, it tests, it puts pressure on your faith to do so. But that's what we're called to do. Christ is the head and the church is the body. A body disconnected from the head, you would have to say, is dysfunctional. Would that be true? <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Or dead. And is unable to operate. Much of the church today is dysfunctional because Jesus is no longer the head. And the head of Jesus Christ has been severed from that church. Yeah, the doors are still open, there's still a cross on the roof, but Jesus is no longer Lord of that church. And uh, Jesus wants his church back with full reinstatement. And he wants to, his position as commander-in-chief. And he wants to be commander-in-chief of this church. And he wants to be commander-in-chief of your life. He wants all of your life. He's a, a bit greedy like that. He wants all of your life. He doesn't want part of your life. If you were to get a heart transplant, who would want a 20% heart transplant? I don't see that hand. Who'd want a 30? What about a 50% heart transplant? Hey, when Jesus wants your heart, he wants 100% of your heart. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart. All your heart. It's a bit like your coffee. Do you like it lukewarm? Oh, who? Some people like it. But it's disgusting, really, isn't it? A lukewarm coffee. Hey? And Jesus doesn't want us lukewarm either. He doesn't want us lukewarm. Any church that fails to comply as having Jesus as Lord of Lords has its lampstand removed and it ceases to be his church. It ceases to be Jesus' church. It still operates. It's still got a name over the board. They still advertise. They have a program. They have this and they have that. And, uh, but there is another problem in the body with the church, and then I would say that it's a church with two heads. Who likes a... The horror movies call it a monster. Anything that has two heads is called a monster. And that's almost like a, uh, you're having sort of Jesus as the head of your church and you've got the pastor, he's the other head. But this doesn't work like that. Jesus' church doesn't work like that. This is not my church. I have never referred to this as my church. Many people do. They place ownership on something that is officially not theirs. Jesus gave the church an instruction. He says, make disciples. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Isn't that distinctive? The job description of Jesus is, is, I am the head of the church, amen? I, my position here is not the head. I'm a 2IC, perhaps, or way down here. But the horror movies, they call anything with two heads, a, 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 it's a disaster and it's a monster. Uh, any, no, there's no organisation that can function really with two heads. Not effectively at all. I take my orders from him, and it's a yes sir and no sir on my part. And I'm all ears. You might look up here and say, Jeff, no, you're not. You're all no's. But I'm not. I'm all ears tonight. I'm all ears to hear what the Spirit of God has got to say. This is his church. And he loves you. I'm called to be a shepherd. We're many, there are many people here. Many people here. And you're all part of this beautiful body. And you all have something to offer. There is a gift upon each and every one of your lives. God has made provision for every aspect of this church. And there is an aspect of God on each and every one of you that this church needs. Oh, yes, he does. There is gifts on your life that this church needs. And you're in a place where you need to flourish and can flourish. A place where you can express those things. 
And that's how the church will flourish when people, they take up their position in humility and side by side, amen, side by side, holding our shield of faith locked in, amen, fending off the works of darkness with one arm and building with a trowel with the other, amen. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who is Jesus? And is Jesus just an all-round good guy from antiquity? Amen. Is he just a, good old, just a good old guy from antiquity? And a lot of people just think that. He's just a historical figure and I've heard some good things about him. Is he just a bloke who headed up another religion? Some people think so. He's just one of the religions on the pantheon gods or up on the shelf. He's one of the many pantheon of gods that we can accessorize our religious devotions. Is Jesus an accessory to your faith? You say, I've got my own doctrine. I've got my own theology. I've got my way. Of, me and God, I've heard so many times, me and God have got these arrangements. Me and God, all the, I've heard some disgusting things like me and the old boy upstairs and all this. We've got this arrangement. We're pals and all this sort of stuff. And it just doesn't ring true to me. There's a reverential fear that comes upon you when you're a born-again believer. And when I don't see that reverence, an indication that something's not quite right. And, but there is always room for one more God. And the more the merrier, thought the people in the Roman Empire. But we're no different today. We... Uh, we accessorize our lives with the markets and the picture theater and football and beer and more beer and more beer. A bit of gambling here and a bit of gambling there. We have a bit of family fun and then we jump into the church every two or three weeks, which apparently is the national average right now. Church has become a drop-in center, which is absolutely disgusting. Church is not a drop-in center. If Jesus is pre preeminent in your life, or he'll meet, the church will be more than that because the body of believers are encouraged when you come. When you lock arms in arms in arms in arms, we come, become so strong. And there's a tremendous encouragement we can give one another when we just come together and worship. Amen. It was so beautiful when we prayed and worshiped together. It was beautiful. I wish I could sing that good with a toothache. I can't sing that but good without a toothache. But it was good, wasn't it? Great teacher. Some people say he's a great teacher that connected with the needs of the people. Other people say, no, Jesus, he was a guy, he had, he had pretty good morals. I don't agree with all of them, but he had pretty good morals. Some people say his teachings were really good. I heard from a politician. I remember years ago we heard from politicians and, and they were asked in a bit of a, a local forum, who was Jesus to them? And the bloke said, I, I won't tell you his name. He says, I like his teachings. Very good, very good teachings. Very good teaching. So to him, Jesus is just a teacher. What about Jesus, the carpenter's son, tradie turned theologian? <laughs> that's, that's a Jeffism, that one. Tradie turned theologian. Some people see Jesus as just a tradie who turned theologian. He was pretty good at it. What about the failed revolutionary that met his demise like so many of the period and was hung on the cross? Just a failed revolutionary, tried to bring something up and... You know, Paul explained to the Athenians in the Areopagus, remember that? In Acts 17, 28, he says, beginning to bring some perspective to people who didn't know about Jesus. And he says in regard to God and Jesus himself, he says, for in him we live and move and have our being. That rounds it up pretty well, doesn't it? Can you say that today? For in him I live and move and have my being. It, it just brings it brings the whole person of Jesus Christ back into perspective. Christ is to be not prominent, but he is to be preeminent in all things. 
the preeminence of Christ, the work of his blood shed at the cross, restores the believer as an individual, the harmony and fellowship that once existed in that Garden of Eden can be yours today through the person of Jesus. If you will repent, receive and believe in the person of Jesus Christ, repent, turn away from your sin, turn the opposite direction. Don't come to the cross without repentance. It's not theologically correct. And it's not gospel, amen? Repentance means a 180-degree turnaround and walking the other way. No other person, entity, religion, or philosophy has a capacity to restore the heart of the man to the heart of God. Only Jesus can do that. For if any man be in Christ, it says, you're a new creation. Are you in Christ today? Are you in Christ today? You need to be able to say, yes, that's me. That's me. I'm in Christ today. I'm in Christ. As the panorama of history is drawing to a close, the Apostle John, I'd like to go to Revelations in chapter 19. Just turn to there if you can. And we see that Jesus is no longer in a manger. A lot of people, particularly around Christmas time, still think that Jesus is in a manger. I tell you what, he's not riding on a donkey. He's no longer on the cross and he's certainly not in the tomb. He's no longer held by death, hell and the grave. But in Revelations chapter 19, he's not riding a donkey, but he's riding a white charger. Amen? Oh, it's a good story. This is the victorious end to the panorama of history that we have with humanity. I'll go back a few verses and I'll go back to verse 6 in Revelation 19. I'll read a few verses before I close up. As I heard, as it were, the voice, this is John the Revelator. He said, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderous saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent. That means all powerful. God is all powerful reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him the glory. We sang tonight the glory of the Lord. For the marriage of the Lamb, that's Jesus, the Lamb of God. He was introduced by John the Baptist in his earthly ministry as the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. But he took your sin away. We have to personalize that. He's not just saving the whole world. He made provision for the whole world. But individually, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he has come and his wife has made herself ready. Who's the wife? Turn to the person next to you. I don't care how big and how ugly you are. You are the wife. Amen. You are the wife of Jesus. You are the wife of Jesus. All you blokes out there, you are the wife. You are the bride of Christ. We'll get over it. I know. And to her, that's us, was granted to be arrayed in fine linen. Linen always speaks of righteousness. Clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then it goes on and it says, uh, uh, I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Beautiful, isn't it? I'm going I'm to uh, uh, go to verse 13 now. And he was clothed with a robe. This is Jesus. This is the closing chapter, chapters of the, of the Bible. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. 
Remember that in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh in verse 14, dwelt amongst us. Verse 14, and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, that's us, white and clean, followed him on white horses. People say, are there any animals in heaven? Well, I see that there is white horses at least. And now out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword. Verse 16, and he has on his robe and on his thigh, so Jesus had a tattoo, okay? Jesus has a tattoo. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh, it's a good message. It's a good message. Peter preached with great boldness on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 got saved. And he said to the people, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Paul's letter to the Colossian church says that Jesus is Lord of all creation. Paul's letter goes on to say that Jesus is Lord and head of the church. He goes on to say that Jesus is Lord of salvation. And it also says Jesus is the hope of glory, which Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Normally I would have, G oh, Jesus is going to come on the keys. That's fantastic. Jesus is Calvary's champion and he's your champion too. And he, you can make him your champion. If you've never done that, you've had aspect, you've had an aspect of gospel, you've had an aspect of religion, but you've never made him Jesus, the Lord of your life. I want to say there's an, a massive difference. My life was transformed over 30 years ago when I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Transformed my whole life. He's the monarch of the universe. He's a, heaven's eternal and only hope. He's the sovereign of the universe. And eternity's only king. He's the Lamb of God. I want to ask you today, have you accessorized Jesus in your wardrobe today? Have you just made him an accessory? Just part of your outfit? Or is he your outfit? Amen. Is he your outfit? You have Jesus hanging on a cross around your neck? You can have Jesus above the building on a cross. Or is he Jesus is Lord, who the scripture says that he is? There's so much scripture. I had to just confine it to one chapter because I didn't know where to start and I didn't know where to finish. All I know and all I knew, I didn't know that word preeminence was even going to be in that chapter when I started. And if he is truly Lord, the world will have no hold of your life. Many people battle with sin, flesh and the devil. But when you've made him Lord of your life, your perspective will change. Is he prominent or is he preeminent of, in all things? My deepest prayer tonight, and for those listening online, you're probably driving along, you could be at the gym, you could be walking on the beach. My question you to you tonight is, have you made Jesus just this prominent historical person part of your life? Or have you made him preeminent first and foremost in all things and is he truly the captain of your soul I'm going to open up the altar tonight if you'd like to respond to that you want to make him preeminent you want to make him first and foremost if you're listening online I'm going to say a prayer right now and as I pray, I pray this prayer I'm just going to get people to repeat it if you would and if you mean this prayer from the depths of your heart your life will be transformed your life will be transformed it's a promise from God that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart 
that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. That's what it says. So all we got to do is take God at his word and your life will be transformed from an eternal separation to an eternity spent in the presence of the master. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I come to you now. I come to you now. I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. And I'm truly sorry. And I'm truly sorry. Forgive me, Lord God. Forgive me, Lord God. I ask Jesus to come to rule and reign in my life. I ask Lord Jesus to come to rule and reign in my life. Holy Spirit, I receive you into my life now. Holy Spirit, I receive you into my life now. And I thank you that I am born again of the Spirit of God. And I thank you that I'm born again of the Spirit of God. This is just a beginning. This is just the beginning. For me being a disciple of Jesus Christ. For me being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this body of believers tonight. I pray heaven's richest blessings over their life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.